Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Today we have Chandra Met. Chandra. Hey there, Mahani. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. How are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm fine. So let's let's start the ball rolling. We went Chandra guys. She has lost a tremendous amount of weight. And let's talk about it. Okay. Is there a specific starting point or are we going back when <laughs> I was born in Galveston, Texas in 1983? Where are we? <laughs> we got well, guess what? We have 29 minutes. All right, so, so we need a recap. <laughs> oh, let's recap. Let's take it. Let's take it back. <laughs> okay. Well, um, like you said, I'm Chandra Mess. I've lost a, 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 I wouldn't say a ton. That's an over exaggeration. I used to like to joke that I had lost a Backstreet Boy, because <laughs> I, it was a cool 180 for a while. Um, so I had gastric bypass in 2013. My starting weight was just under 400 pounds. Okay. And um, I dropped all the way down to 210 in 14 months. So that was 180 pounds. And yep. yeah, it was it was amazing. The, the gastric bypass was the tool that I always needed for portion control. Like I'm like my picture maybe doesn't show it, but I'm six foot tall and um, I am I'm athletic, I'm athletic build. And so the way I got to be 400 pounds was I was raised by an overeating mom. She was a nurse. She was busy. So we would go out to eat. We all know that portions are not the right size when you go out to eat. And so I was told to eat my worth or eat, eat the value of the plate. Um, and so I very quickly lost that full trigger. Um, and so I just overate and I would eat healthy things, but I would eat way too much of them. And then uh, in middle school, I became an athlete. I played volleyball. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're working out, it kind of like levels things out. And so I was able to continue that way of eating. But then I got injured and stopped being an athlete, but kept eating like one. And what's interesting um, is that so many people that find themselves obese have a very similar kind of backstory as to you know where things got off the rails um and i you know i try not to blame everything on my mom god rest her because she you know hasn't she wasn't there when i was 20 something and still overeating she wasn't there when i was you know even older and still overeating but um those those foundations and habits they run deep you know can I share? My, Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, I, and you're you're right. My my mom would feed my me, my sister, and brother on portion plates. Uh huh. Por portion plates that literally had three sections. You know the portion plates. Oh yeah, I remember. And and, and this was dinner for us every night. And no, there were no seconds. And her story was she grew up chubby and she was never treated right and she didn't want us to go through that she didn't want us to go through that so she really did it like she would like um she didn't we had off of the portion place point you right know? so um now i wanted to ask you this about the restaurant 
Mm-hmm. So when you would eat at the restaurant, would she give you the children's menu or would you be able, you would pick off the adult menu, right? Mm-hmm. I would pick off the adult menu and she would um, allow it. We would get appetizers, we would do salad, we would do bread, um, and we would go to buffets and we would, you know, she would pay whatever the value of the buffet was. And so second plates were encouraged because then it, you know, brings the cost of the overall amount of food that you're eating down. And so, and so now, and that, and what's interesting about your mom being raised like that and having that background and instilling that in you, Mm -hmm. my mom was raised by a depression era man. And it was, it was, you know, you either, it's feast or famine, you know, for them. And so when they had, they ate because they, mm-hmm. they were raised that they wouldn't, they didn't know when they were getting their next meal. So you had to eat what you could and as much of it mm. um, and things like that. And so it's very interesting, like the genealogy and the history and, you know, the generational ties that come into eating habits and foundations mm. that you're giving to your children. Um, yeah. Yeah, and my what what's funny? So I mentioned earlier uh, to you uh, offline was that I have a 12-year-old son, a 10-year-old daughter, and then an 18-month-old son. I like to call him Baby 1.0 with Husband <laughs> 2.0. Yeah. So um, my 12-year-old son, when I had my weight loss surgery, he was four, and my daughter was two. So my daughter doesn't remember me at my heaviest a whole lot. And probably EJ, that's my son, he doesn't remember me either. But I specifically remember a point in time, he, I used to tell him he was my favorite little boy in the whole wide world because he was my only son. So you can say that when you only have one, right? Yes. And so I used to tell him that and he would always respond, and you're my favorite big mom. Oh. And what was interesting was as I started losing weight, he stopped saying big. Wow. He's, yeah. And so even though like they don't get it and now like I try to, you know, instill the, I guess pediatricians recommend that you should do um, serving style, like family serving style. So basically you put out all of the food and then you let the children serve themselves with the understanding that what they put on their plate, they need to finish. And they have to have a little bit of everything. That way they can control how many pieces of broccoli or how many pieces of green beans and how much macaroni is gonna go on their plate because then they're, they're, it's teaching themselves how to do portion control from a younger age. That is, way, where, where go ahead. Are you, where are you from? Like which? Where you? Where do you live? Where do I live? So, no, I don't uh, mean it. That, I think I saw <laughs> no, that. I'm no, sorry. No. I don't no. mean it that way. Because I live at one two three Sesame Street. No, I'm just kidding. I live. <laughs> I'm in Maryland. I'm in okay, Maryland okay. currently, but I was raised in Texas, okay. and so I have noticed that there is a little bit of a cultural shift for food and how it's perceived and things like that. Like, you know, in Texas, there's a, it's a different. So if you can find me in Maryland, a good Tex-Mex restaurant, I will go there gladly because I have not had it in years. But 
Um, I know I'm not going to go to Texas and get the best cream of crab soup. Like, like the, you know, you give and take. But um, there is a cultural shift. In Texas, it's, it's kind of a, a heartier. You want them to be m- more meaty and things like that. And I don't know if that's just because of, like, the jobs, the heat. Maybe, like, people are burning more calories. Um, mm-hmm. Or because here we're, you know, a little closer together. So maybe we need to <laughs> take up less room. I don't, I don't know. Because I, I think you're in New York, right? I'm in New York, but I had the reason why I asked that question is because yeah. when I my twins, um, when I took them to pedi- uh, their pediatrician, yeah. Big Apple Pediatrics, she's phenomenal. Uh, she would tell me, I would say, "Listen, I don't want them to gain a lot of weight." I right? was just being honest because I yeah. had twins. Can you, okay, my oldest son, he was he was thick. Why? Because when he came home from the hospital the first day, my mom and I. This was so funny. She's holding him. And she's like, he's crying after we gave him milk. He's crying. He was eight pounds, 13 ounces. Uh-huh. I put some, I put that formula. I put the, um, you know how they give you the, not the oatmeal, but the baby oatmeal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, inside of his bottle. bottle. And right, mm-hmm. up, right away, he stopped. So this this baby he was hungry. Food. Yeah. And he's a, he's a big boy. And he's a big man now. So yeah. When I was like, oh, I can't carry around two big guys. And uh-uh. she gave me instructions. She said, she said to me, do not put food in their mouth until they're two years old. And she right. meant food, food. Right, right. And I followed everything she said. And guess what? Their weight is controlled. You know what? Yeah. When they would gain weight, I would take them outside. I wouldn't say anything to them, right? right I would take would them outside, them mm-hmm. right? Just for like, a, we would be out there for a while. And then we would come inside. Guess what? After they played, they really didn't want to eat. But she also came up with this little, little, uh, it's something she must tell all her patients with kids and you know get baggies and in the baggie put their favorite food like some grapes strawberries mm-hmm. keep them in the refrigerator yep and tell them you can go get it whenever you want to you can go get it whenever you want to but you yep. have to keep them packed and that's what i you know follow but when it comes to weight gain it's something that that's one of the fastest things that happened mm-hmm. <laughs> to everyone. Yeah. And I'll let you continue now. I'm no, sorry. no. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, I love it. And those are all, like, those are all really good tips that, like, people don't always think about. And, like, you, you think about it even, like, as an adult. Like, when you meal prep, when you set aside time on a Sunday to meal prep your food for the week, and you know that in the refrigerator is a hot meal a microwave (laughs) five minutes away you're less likely to stop and get fast food when you you know so like take the you know good fruit snacks that are already pre-packaged and ready to go for your boys they're they're better to they know that's in the refrigerator so why go to the pantry and grab a bag of cheetos you know so it's kind of the same it's the same mentality and what's so funny is like these these basic foundations and fundamentals aren't really taught or widespread unless you're into a a health community or you're like us and you had been heavier and have lost weight and have had to relearn these tips and tricks in order to be healthy so anyway i um i i gained weight really fast i was heavy throughout from basically from like fourth grade until i was an adult my weight fluctuated i didn't pay attention to it too much until 
I um, wanted to get married the first time. And I was on a scale and I saw the number 340 or 320, I don't remember. And I talked to my doctor and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm about to be in a wedding dress. I don't want to be in a big one. And he gave me pills and he put me on a diet and I lost 20 to 30 pounds. Nice. And I was, un yeah, and I was under 300 when I got married. And then I was married and happy and I quickly regained that weight and then some. And I was 320 when I got pregnant with my first son. Um, I gained 20 pounds, but with a nine pound, 11 ounce baby and some water weight, I left the hospital at my pre-pregnancy weight. Wow. Um, yeah. And then between my first two pregnancies, I gained 50 pounds. And so my starting weight for my daughter's pregnancy was 370 and I gained another 20 pounds. But this time when I left the hospital, I didn't, I hadn't lost the weight. And I was like, oh, well, well, poop. <laughs> and so, oh. so then I was, you know, a young mom of a, a two and a zero year old at 390 pounds and I wasn't feeling good and it was at um, Christmas that year that I was down on the floor with them opening presents and um, I tried to get up and I couldn't because my legs had fallen asleep and I had to as an, a grown like 20 I would say I was 26 I think at the time I had to crawl to the couch and then wait for blood to like get back to my legs until I could like slowly stand up and start walking around again. And wow. can I tell you, it scared the ever living shit out of me because wow. my brain immediately went to, what if I was down there and something had happened to my kids and I couldn't get to them? And that okay. was like a giant wake up call. And so I talked to my ex-husband at the time who, you know, we still communicate, we co-parent our older two. Um, and he was extremely supportive of my weight loss journey. And um, I went back to my doctor and I was like, hey, it was a new doctor. And this new doctor, I was like, okay, put me back on the pills, I'll lose the weight again. And she was like, yeah, but remember how you regained it? And I was like, well, but maybe this time will be different. And that's what we all tell ourselves with these diets and these fads without lifestyle change is mm -hmm. it might be different this time. And um, she talked to me about like, she she kind of had a heart to heart with me. And she was like, you know, Chandra, you're, you're older than you were, you have kids, continued use of these pills could cause, you know, kidney and liver damage. We don't want to do that. I think it's time to talk about a longer term solution. And she referred me to our local um, hospital's weight loss surgery clinic, who I highly recommend, Meritus um, Medical Center. They're amazing. They have a whole program with nutritionists. Like it's designed to get you through the process of, if you're just curious, through insurance hoops and to this operating table and provide follow-up support afterwards. So highly recommend Meritus Medical Center and the, the platform they've built. But um, I, I didn't wanna have weight loss surgery. I was against it. My mom in her life had two stomach staplings and she didn't put into effect the lifestyle changes or habits that she needed in order to make them long-term success. She and was still so, able. She was still able to eat 
Um, yep, she forced herself. I, I can't tell you okay. how many times I remember her puking because she had overeaten and eaten the wrong things and um, had gone like that. And honestly, when she died um, two years ago almost, um, I, I say sadly that it was the longest form of suicide I've ever seen. She basically um, ate herself to death and was just miserable. She passed away obese and basically was so um, immobile that her internal organs started fusing together. And that was what that was what took her out was because she wasn't active. She was eating the wrong things. She was extremely diabetic on the highest dose of insulin for managing it a day and still going to get, you know, Chick-fil-A sandwiches and onion rings, which you know, once every now and then is fine. But if you're not balancing that with, you know, an active lifestyle and some good greens and more nutrients, we all, you know, it's just not, it's not the best. So um, I started my path with the weight loss center here and the doctor um, drew me a really funny picture of what a bypass actually looks like in your stomach. (laughs) And um, he, he was amazing. And they walked me through it. I got um, pre-qualified and everything like that. I don't know how I passed the psyche valve, but here we are. <laughs> and and um, then I got approved for the surgery through my insurance. And my ex-husband and I didn't have like the money for the copay. And so I was super bummed, but I was like, you know what? Maybe this is just God saying, hey, this isn't for you. And mm-hmm. so... Um, I actually went on a missions trip with my church and I, you know, was very heavy. We climbed a volcano and I couldn't complete the path. Um, And I was, I was sad and it was really upsetting to me. I was able to like do most of the other things with the group, but that hike um, up at a high elevation, it just took me out. So I get back from the missions trip and it's tax time and we got some money back. And so I was like, oh great, tax time is weight loss surgery time. Mm-hmm. And then they had to resubmit me for approval because it, it you know, like the approval had lapsed. Mm-hmm. So like all these like little trials and things like that, I guess just summed up to say like, don't lose heart, don't lose faith, don't let somebody tell you that it's not going to happen. It's just, it's got to happen in the right time. And, and so I had my surgery that summer after everything was reapproved. Um, I didn't have hardly any issues. Like, um, I was obviously super nauseated the first few weeks because that's normal. Um, and then once I figured out how to hydrate, how to you know, nourish my body again, because you go from, you know, however many calories you were eating, which to be honest for me was well over 3000 to, Mm -hmm. you know, eating basically the size of an egg a day for your new little pouch. Um, it takes time to adjust to that. And I'm just so grateful. I remain grateful for all of my weight loss surgery fairy godmothers that went before me and were able to like breathe life into me and you know remind me hey it's just today tomorrow's going to be easier you know every single day I just kept telling myself tomorrow's going to be easier because it can't be as bad as it was today and so um I made it through I'm I lost my weight 
Um, my ex-husband and I ended up, weight loss surgery will definitely highlight any issues you have, whether it be in a job or a relationship or a marriage or with your parenting, because you no longer have food as a comfort and an escape. Yeah. So if you don't have stuff figured out, I highly recommend getting it figured out before <laughs> or during your weight loss journey because yeah. yikes. So mm. um, <laughs> anyway, we uh, made it through that. And then what was what's so fun is I was able to go on that same mission trip with my church the following year. And I was hey, I was did it. <laughs> I was not down. Yeah. And I climbed that volcano and I I was so excited and I completed the hike and everything like that. And can I tell you what is so interesting? You know that, um, like there's a meme around there where like this guy has dug through and he's gotten to the gold mine or whatever. And then this other guy right below him has dug through and there's like a foot or two left before uh-huh. he gets to the gold mine and he turns away. So that was yes. me. That was yes. me with Mambacho. I, I finished that hike, but can I tell you the distance between me, where I stopped to take a break, and then like the most beautiful view in all of Nicaragua was literally maybe the distance of, of half a block. Like if I had if I had wow. just if I had just held through, but I could not. I had I had come to that mental block and I was done. And so again, I just, you know, if something I think that there there are times when you should push through and there are times when you should recognize defeat. And I don't know if, you know, like finding the right support people to help you define that. But if any of the tour guides that were with me had said, hey, we're only X amount of time away, I maybe would have pushed through, but I didn't because I didn't, I didn't know. So, um, you know, here we are eight years later, I um, mentioned I have an 18 month old. So I am a post weight loss surgery mama and Mm -hmm. I had a completely healthy pregnancy. He is perfect and healthy in his own right. He came out nine pounds, one ounce, 23 and a quarter (laughs) inches long. So he's a big boy. and my husband now, so um, I have all of my you know, weight lost, but excess skin gained. So I have done my arms with Dr. Joseph Michaels. I highly recommend him. He's down here in Maryland um, and he he's huge on Instagram. So if you follow Dr. Joseph Michaels, you'll be highly entertained. He's like the belly button doctor, like everybody talks about it. What I, I have a button. question. Yeah, your go, arms, go, go. Your arms. Uh Do you have a, okay, this is, I've always pictured, um, I'm writing his name down, by the way, Dr. Uh Joseph. Um, Does your arm have a a line going under it? How did he do it? Yeah, so I have an internal line. So like if you hold your arms to your side where your arms meet your body, that's where he puts the scar. He doesn't do it on the back like some other doctors might. Oh, it's under the bottom. It's, so if it's you lift like your arms underneath. up. Yep. If I lift okay. my arms up from the inside of my elbow, like down to kind of not quite my bra line, maybe like where the top of my bra meets my underarm, there's nice. one long scar there and you really can't see it. I actually, on my Instagram, 
<clears throat> I need to start resharing because I'm I'm trying to like shift profiles. Have you ever tried to do that? Whatever uh, you start an Instagram time. profile, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I um I need to start sharing some more of my uh, skin removal process because Wasn't his office walks me through. So the the total cost for me for my arms, and I never try and like price other people's stuff. Like anybody that's looking, I'll, I'll, by all means, do your research and do what you're comfortable with. I chose Dr. Michaels because he's the best in his field. He did his residency with weight loss surgery patients, like with people that have lost extreme amounts of weight. So right. he understands the elasticity for our skin. I feel better than anybody else. Um, so I chose him mostly because of that. So you know how, like from sales, if you, um, find a following and have a believer, like you're, they're going to say yes, no matter what the price is kind of like Apple users, you know, think about like all the stuff (laughs) people buy from Apple because they tell you to, but his cost is relative. So for me, it was about 9,000 and that was including, um, the hospital that was including the pain meds that was including the pre and post-op appointments which I see him yearly like just so that he can like double check on things make sure that there's no like lymph nodes going or anything like that and so that included all of that except for the anesthesia so the only other bill that I had to worry about was anesthesia um and I've I've reviewed with other surgery or other surgeons and things like that, and it's been pretty comparable. So I had that done in 2018. I think it was 2018, and I've I've loved it. I still am a little numb, like have like a little funny feeling, just like you do on any old scar. But I scarred yeah. very very well. Yeah. Nice. You healed well. So I you did. Didn't have I did. Any keloid? Any. No. That's a lot to do with how they stitch too, I believe. Like how yes. they close, how they close, mm-hmm. and how really you nice. and how you rest up. Like you gotta yeah. follow. You gotta follow doctor's instructions, and that goes for your weight loss surgery too. If you're sticking to what they're telling you to eat and things like that, you're gonna have great success. I know a lot of people, um, pretty close to me, who has recently gotten their weight loss surgery and. Mm-hmm. I've heard, this is what I've heard, so I go eat at a restaurant still, like fresh, I mean, two weeks after they go, Ooh. and I don't, I don't judge, <laughs> but at, um, restaurants, what, if you're not sitting next to them when they season your food, yeah, you don't know what's going in. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't taste like anything's in it. Right. And calories are in seasoning. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, yes. I just, you know, I just listen and I want to watch. Mm-hmm. They've been idle for a while and I'm like, they are idle because. Right. Right. You know. Well, and that's where, like, we have, like, with our, with our weight loss clinic. So I head up a Facebook support group to coincide with our weight loss um, group because our, our meritus group only meets the third Tuesday of every month at 6 p.m. Who's going to be able to make that every month? Not me. So I was like, you know what? We need like a support group so that we can have more of a community throughout the month. Um, And it's been great because people are able to ask questions like that and things like, and, and so what I always do whenever anybody's saying something that I, I know is maybe not best for me, I just say, have you, have you called the nutritionist yet? Have you had an appointment with Cheryl lately? You know, like if they're, (laughs) if they're saying, because honestly, like if, 
they know what's right and what's wrong. They know why... what they should be doing. They're not in, they're just saying that they're complaining, I guess, to hear their own voice. Because at some point in time, you just got to be like, come on, man, you know, that's not right. Like, and, and my thing is, my thing is always to focus more on portion and then content. Like, because when you have such small portions, if you're not getting like your protein first and some vegetables with whatever doesn't fill that, like, yeah. and then you're filling it with empty carbs and empty calories, empty anything, like it's just not, it's not a recipe for success. And so I just always, I guess that's my Southern way of saying they're not doing right is like, well, instead of bless your heart, it's have you called the nutritionist? <laughs> so, because wow. let, the, let them be the messenger of bad news, you know, like I'm not going to be the one to say you're not doing what you're going to, what you're going to see success at, but it's just a, it, it's a growing process and you just, we got to love people. You love them and you try and do as best you can and you try and be a good example. And then that that's up to them. And if it's the right time for them to make a good change for their lives, then, then you're there to help. Thank you so much for your wonderful inspiration. Oh, thank you. And you it's very informative. Um, I definitely would love for you to email me your Facebook, the group, yes. all the information so I can at least put it somewhere for other people to join. 100%. We would love that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for interviewing with Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk and about never it. forget that I love you.